In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. afternoon ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show it is sunday at 8 p.m that means bible study on untethered live i'm your host jake johnson i'll be taking you through the great book of deuteronomy tonight it's uh let's see where are we at 22 11 that's where we left off that's where we're going to pick up chapter 22 verse 11 of the great book of deuteronomy i am enjoying a gift cigar that was given to me this week very nice, very lovely. Tastes like rum, though. I like it. It's good. Came from uh, Kevin and April. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Also, the nice flag behind me and a decent T-shirt to go with it. I have to wait till next year to wear it because it's long sleeve, but it's a cool shirt, and I can't wait. And a nice flask and shot glass gift set for the man who doesn't drink. Yeah, look at there. Isn't that nice? And some Pyrex tubes if I ever want to get into smoking crystal meth. It's very nice. You know, my options are open is what I'm saying. They're like, bad influence, yes. It's lovely. <laughs> Obviously, I can abstain. I don't need to be told. I, I, I believe that. Mm. Had a decent show last night. In Aden, North Carolina, this time around, close to home, I could ride my bike to the show, which is interesting. I don't typically do that, but when it's close to the house, I like to get out and show up in style, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, there's nobody here, so it's just me talking to myself. And uh, some people will be along directly, and uh, they'll get what's coming. You get what's coming to you. Remember that. Mm. None of that. All right. If you've had a decent week, please share in the chat. Let me know what's up. Let me know what you're thinking about. And uh, we're going to do some reading. And since there's nobody to talk to, I'll just get right to the point. Go down. And open up a book. That's the book of Deuteronomy. And it starts, <clears throat> Thou shalt not wear a garment of divers sorts, as of wool and linen together. Why? Well, because that's the way God wanted these people to be. He wanted them to be instantly recognizable in a crowd. He wanted them to stand apart from everyone else. These are the 12 tribes of Israel, respectively, only. Now, it's not talking about you. This is not a sin, quote-unquote. This is... Uh, rules for them, period. 
does not apply to the rest of the world or to the uh, heathens or the Gentiles. Thou shalt make thee fringe upon the four quarters of thy vestures. Translation, put tassels on it. Wherewith thou coverest thyself. Try to say that three times fast. If any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her and give occasions of speech against her and bring up an evil name upon her and say, I took this woman and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. That evil name would be Ho. That's what he's saying here. If you take a wife and find out she's not everything you want her to be and then you take her to bed and you find out that she's not everything she promised to be, uh, then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elder of the city of the, in the gate, which means in those days they would pay what's called a dowry, which is like a down payment on a wife. Why? Because marriage is about property. It's about, it's about expanding one's family. It's about power. It's about, you know, all the things that make society function. Only we don't look at it that way anymore, but that's the way it was at the time. So they would give a gift to the father and say, I'm this worthy of having your daughter. Usually whoever had the biggest dowry got the, got the chick. And the daughter was none too happy to go because that meant her future was solidified. And so don't think of it as oppression. Think of it as a different way of doing business. That's all there is to that. Why we switched from vestures to marriage is beyond me, but that's the order it came in, so that's the order I'm delivering it to you in. <clears throat> so if the woman turns out not to be everything she said she'd be, uh, you can take her back and get a refund, basically. That's what's, say, what's being said here. They're getting a refund for the defective goods. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hateth her. And lo, he hath given occasion of speech against her, saying, I found not thy daughter a maid. Hmm. He called my daughter a hoe in public. That's what he says. I know it says low up there, but that means, oh, and by the way. <clears throat> And yet, these are tokens of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. Uh-oh. It's getting rough. And the elder of that city shall take the man and chastise him. Why? Well, because he promised to marry somebody and he's not fulfilling his end of the bargain either. It's not her fault she hates him. Or he hates her. It's his fault. So he gets chastised too. Both... Don't get away with this divorce thing. That's not what's happening here. This is a, an annulment. And an annulment should require a punishment because you jumped into something before you thought about it or before you knew all the variables. Let that be a lesson to you youngsters out there. Take time to get to know your spouse before you marry her or him because God suffers no fools. He doesn't want you. He wants you to be obedient to your husband, women, but he does not want you to be obedient to a fool or an, a moron. He wants you to be obedient to a man of God who has his family's best interest in mind, who is a leader. 
a good leader and a man. Don't fall into these traps trying to marry boys and then getting stuck because they don't have what it takes to be a man. That's uh, being a little hasty. You're, you're jumping in before you know all the variables. Take five years. Live with someone for five years. If you can make it five years, you should be able to get married because by five years, you know everything about them. Trust me on this. I know what the Bible says about marriage out of wedlock. It doesn't say what you think it says, by the way, but I do know what it says, and I also understand the the uh, cultural version of that, which is where most of that comes from, the puritanical way of thinking. But trust me when I tell you, you don't want to buy a car unless it gets a spare tire. You don't buy the car before you drive it to make sure it's a fit, to make sure you can handle it, to make sure it's good on gas, to make sure it does what it's supposed to do. Same thing in marriage. Marriage is about title. You need to understand that. It always has been. It always will be. I'm sorry, ladies. You are property. That's the way it is. That's why you take the last name. It's a branding. But he's property, too. So don't feel bad. Don't feel left out. (laughs) So, the elders shall take the man and chastise him, and they shall immerse him in an hundred shekels of silver, pour it over his head, basically, and give them unto the father of the damsel, because he hath brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel, and she shall be his wife. He may not put her away all his days. Do you see what just happened there? What I was saying earlier. This is a man seeking an annulment, not a divorce, because they have just got married. And this is the elders telling them, nah, brah, you bought the farm, go milk the cow. It's as simple as that. You are responsible for what you do. So in this sense, the man is chastised for his foolishness, and the girl is chastised for having to stay with him. So they both get punished. But you don't get a divorce. You don't get out of it that easy. You made a commitment. Now make it. Make good on it. Keep it. That's the commitment way of life. Your job is to expand your family and make life on this planet. That's what you're here to do. Do it. But here's the caveat. Uh, This guy's running his mouth about this woman. And if the preacher finds that she is indeed a virgin, she didn't lie to him. There's a whole new set of circumstances that goes here. But if what he's saying is true, if she is a hoe, this is what's going to happen. If the thing be true and the tokens of the virginity be not found for the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she has wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. Wow! That got serious fast. Does that seem fair? Well, yes. Why? Because she played not only a whore by sleeping around, and losing her virginity, the only thing of value that she has to her name, 
but she lied also and put herself in a position to be betrothed to a man of God in inside of the chosen people within the 12 tribes of Israel. They have personally seen God. This isn't a faith thing. They know God exists. They have talked to him. You don't get to make mistakes like that when you know. The only caveat for people who sin is that they don't really know. They have to take God on faith. So there is an apparatus called forgiveness for that very reason, because you're flying by the seat of your pants. You have no idea what's real and what's not. You just hope by hope's sake that you've got it right and you're following God and that he's there when you get there. So if you screw up along the way, if you get tempted along the way, if something presents a compelling argument along the way and you fall for it, you can ask for forgiveness. God understood that when he created this world. That's why he gave us forgiveness. But if you're one of the 12 tribes of Israel, you don't get to play stupid because you know better. And you do it anyway. That makes you evil. What is evil? Evil is doing something you know is wrong and doing it anyway. That's evil because you want to, because you desire it, because of whatever motive you have or whatever thing pushes you in that direction. <coughs> Pardon me. You uh, can't do that if you're one of the 12 tribes. Simple as that. You get stoned to death if you do. And it's not just because she's a girl. They'd stone him too if he lied to her. If a man be found lying with a woman married to an husband, not him, another husband, sleeping with somebody else's wife, then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman. So shalt thou put away evil from Israel. That's what God's desire is, is to remove the evil corruption out of Israel, the corruption that was laid upon it posthumously after it was created. Satan did that. He brought in this corruption, this evil ideas, these uh, fleshly desires, these bad things that people do. And the only way God knows to get rid of it is to kill it away from you, kill it out of you. Now, that sounds gruesome, but you understand God is God. He lives in heaven. He knows what happens after death. It's not that big of a deal to him because you're still there. We're the ones who don't know what happens after death. So death is the final thing for us. It's the end. We don't want that to happen. Everybody recoils from death. God doesn't. Doesn't mean the same thing to him as it does to us. Make stupid people famous. What's up, my brother? Come on in, or sister. I don't know. I haven't asked. Come on in. Make yourself comfortable. Was before being destroyed by... Yah, I guess that you're talking about God, will in 70 A.D., huh? destroyed by God's will in 70 A.D., now it's the synagogue of Satan. Yes, you're kind of wrong there in the dates, but you are correct. The synagogue of Satan does control what I presume you're referring to, the Catholic Church. Yes. Jesus changed that. Shalom, brother. Hassalamu alaikum. Peace be with you. We are talking about the uh, virtues of, of uh, um, chastity, 
the virtues of being faithful. And uh, right now we're in uh, Deuteronomy twenty two twenty three. If you want to join us and hang up, hang out, you're the only person here. So I think there's one other person here, but they haven't spoken. So you know, enjoy. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto an husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, that's a two party deal, by the way. It's not just his fault. It's not just her fault. They both knew better. And let me reiterate, these are the 12 tribes of Israel. These are people who have physically seen and had conversations near and around God. They don't get to make mistakes like this. We do. We live in faith. We live by faith alone. Sometimes somebody presents a pretty compelling argument, and we fall for it because we're idiots. That's why there's forgiveness, so that you can correct for those mistakes, if you're trying to correct for those mistakes. These people don't get that. They don't get that option. They know better, physically know better. They've seen God. So when they do wrong, it's just evil. What is evil? Doing something you know is wrong, but you desire it anyway. That's evil. I love biblical studies. Thank you. I love doing it. Preach Leviticus. Uh, We just left Leviticus. Go back and I've already done that. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread you. I preach Leviticus 2013 a lot. Okay, sorry, my bad. We as a decaying culture need cleansing. Thank you. Yes, we do. And we also need somebody in every space speaking the truth, which is why I'm here on YouTube, because nobody else is that I can find. So I'm speaking what the Bible says. I believe it. I stand by it. I'll back anybody up. I'll debate anybody on it with half my brain tied behind my back, as a friend of mine says. Don't care. If it's in this book, I'd believe it to be true. Now, can I prove it? Not really. Here's the thing, though. You got to believe in something because human beings are designed to believe in something. So then it becomes a question of, well, what do you believe? Well, I'd say a good place to start would be the book, the only book, to which all other books stand upon as a foundation. I'd say that's a pretty good place to start. Uh, So that's what I chose. Caucasian Sasquatch. Welcome, buddy. Come on in. I went to school with a guy named Leviticus. Really? Interesting. Did he know he was a Levite? A past tense Levite? Did he know that? Truth is of the Father, so it is his will. Amen. I lost my place, so I'm going to go back and find it. Can't get the van in Louisiana. Oh, no. So the Winnebago in East Dublin is up. Cool. MSPF. Don't know what that means. You have to be more more clear with me. I'm old. If I wed my son, will be named He Man after a Levite musician. Hmm. I can guarantee you, he won't get that. He'll get Masters of the Universe. Don't do that. Don't do that to your son. Name him Joshua like everybody else. 
His name is Leviticus Marcus Jenkins. Black guy, huh? I'm just kidding. Makes, oh. Duh. I told you I was old. Stop it. Call me Patrick, brothers. Patrick it is. How did you guess? Uh, his name is Leviticus, and the person who named him didn't realize that's a past tense phrase. That was my marker, but, you know, whatever. Levi would be the name. Leviticus means of Levi from a long time ago. Get it? All right. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. What? I missed something. I read. Yep, I did. If a man be betrothed. Sorry. I'm going to have to start over. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed to an husband, that means that she's married or going to be. And a man find her in the city and lie with her. Then you shall bring them both out under the gate of that city, and you shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he hath humbled his neighbor's wife. Stop. That is one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. That is what he has done here. He has broken a commandment. Again, these are God's chosen people. They have physically seen God. They know he exists. They're not allowed to make these kind of mistakes. And the woman, because she did it willingly, because she did not cry out, because they're in a city and somebody would have heard her and put a stop to it, she didn't protest. So they're both guilty. So thou shalt put away evil from among you. And that's the topic of what we're talking about tonight, putting evil away from among us. What is evil? I say to you again, doing something that you know is wrong, yet you desire to do it anyway. That's evil. And every single time you make that decision, you are capitulating evil. You should probably be ashamed of that and repent. That's my opinion. Sticking to it. I figured it was the Jenkins family. No, I know some white Jenkins. No, it was the Leviticus thing. Um, and we're talking about rural Georgia, by the way. I, I didn't mean anything racist by it. It's just an observation. <clears throat> if you ever do a Sasquatch sighting, I'll come on and tell my Bigfoot stories. My brother calls it Cain. <laughs> Cain is in Cain from the Bible? Tell your brother to read Genesis a little closer. Amen. And don't repeat the sin. That's right. You can't con God. If you repent, you must mean it. And that means changing your ways. If you, re you do the same thing over and over and over again and keep asking for forgiveness, you'll lose the right to ask for forgiveness for that sin. Just the way I see it. Because God knows if you're serious or not. But if you make an earnest mistake, you genuinely do something wrong that you didn't intend was wrong, 
You can ask for forgiveness. You can repent that sin, and it will be forgiven you because the world is prepared for earnest mistakes. That's the way God designed it. You can't have free will without a get-out-of-jail-free card because that means that everybody's going to die in hell. That's what preachers teach today. That's why I'm here, because that's wrong. That's not the way it is. Yes, if, if, big word, biggest word in the Bible, if there is no forgiveness, then all of us are doomed. Nobody's getting out of hell. Everybody is going to the lake of fire. But, but, the caveat, because of forgiveness, you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. God writes it out of the book of life. You are no longer guilty of it. Simple as that. You forget about it because he forgot about it the minute you ask for forgiveness. So move on. Do better. Yep, 12-foot-tall, blue-eyes, big, brown, hairy man. Reddish-brown hair. Caucasian, was that you? Well, you see, buddy, I happen to know Sasquatch, personally. So I can guarantee you it wasn't him. I hate it when someone says, my dot, dot, dot is in heaven. Nope. Not scripturally speaking, I await judgment day. Correct. Almost. They are in heaven. They're not there willingly. They're not there consciously. They are there because the instant the spirit dies, the father retrieves it. That's biblical. It's in Revelations, if you don't believe me. As soon as the silver cord parts and the clay pot breaks, the spirit goes back to the father who gave it instantly. But it is dormant. It is not awake. They're not frolicking around in heaven. It is wherever God puts souls until Judgment Day when they will become aware again. Sleeping. Yes, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> not here. That's what I mean by that. That's why I don't believe in ghosts. You can't have both ways. Either they're roaming around in eternity or they're with the Father who gave them. The Bible says they're with the Father, so I'm going that route. No ghosts. No, not Sheol anymore. When Jesus died, he did away with Abraham's bosom. Same place. Um, because Jesus became the sacrifice, all souls then had an access to the Father. That's the reason he went to the cross. And when he did that, it delivered all the people who have previously died without that. So that place was emptied out. It still exists, but nobody's there. Maybe an angel. I don't know. But no, no souls are there anymore. They're with the Father. That's biblical. Now back to the story. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, a woman who is promised to another man to marry him, but she's a virgin, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. Okay, I have been told that the reason certain people don't believe in Christianity is because God supports things like slavery and rape. I've heard that argument recently, and I would like to point this out, that this scripture just said from God's mouth, more or less, through Moses, 
that if a man rapes a woman, that he should be stoned to death instantly right there after he's caught. No, April's not here. She's at a concert tonight. You're my only guy. But that's okay. There's hardly anybody here, so, you know, do what you got to do. <clears throat> so this this dispels that myth right there, and there's also other places that dispel the slavery one, too. And I covered it when we crossed it. But this is the other one, so I just wanted to point it out. That's how the movie Brave Start Hearts. Pre-Mincata? I don't know what that means. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. Why? Because she didn't do anything wrong. A man took her against her will. That's not her fault. He overpowered her. He did had his way with her, and he walked away. She did nothing wrong in that sense. There's no sin there. That's p power, you know. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man riseth against his neighbor and slayeth him, even so, this matter. I'll read that again because I don't think you caught it. Rape was just given the exact same sentence as murder. Murder being to lie in wait and to criminally homicide. To commit criminal homicide. Rape has the same penalty. I'll read it again. For when, for as when a man riseth against his neighbor to kill him, that's uh, to take hands up and arms and kill somebody, and slayeth him, even so this matter, the matter of being taking a woman against her will. For he found her in the field, and he and the betrothed damsel cried, and there was none to save her. She did protest, but he was more powerful than her, so he took her against her will. But her protest makes her innocent. So, I know that a lot of people suffer from, like, guilt because of things that happen in the world that are beyond our power. This is one example of the worst kind, but there are other examples. Men go through the same thing when other men usurp their authority or usurp their power and emasculate or humiliate. They're all the same thing. It's being forced against your will. For women, it's especially touchy because of the subject matter, because of the nature of the forcing. But being forced against your will to do anything is not good. And this is what God thinks about it. Just like when a man kills another man, hatefully, with malice. This matter too. Same thing. If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her, and lie with her, and they be found, there's the caveat, and they be caught, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her. He may not put her away all his days. So, Randy boys, if you happen to luck up and run across a virgin, and you decide to sleep with her, you better marry her, because that's the point. 
and you can't get rid of her. She's yours. So be serious about that choice. This is not a sin, by the way. She's not betrothed to another man. She's not someone else's property. She is ripe for the taking, which is why they're there. Because without the taking, you don't get life. That's how life works, boys and girls. So, you know, do the right thing. Marry the lady. If you're going to humble her, you need to marry her. Simple as that. Same thing goes for you, ladies. Because we live in a strange world right now. Primacata, the right of the Lord to deflower. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The bride on her wedding night in his lands. Nope, that's never been a, a biblical thing. Before the night in Latin. Gotcha. Lord Liam Wallace is my 17th great-grandfather. Wow. Our records show he was Scottish. Well, yeah. He had seven children. I'd have to seek out families locked up. From the Scottish Temple. I got you. Looked up from the Scottish Temple. <laughs> Meaning the uh, the uh, Mason Temple, Masonic Temple, the Scottish Rite. Is that what you're referring to? Or the religious Scottish Temple? Like a, like a, can't think of the name of it now. Something rose. Roscrucia, is that it? Literature. Yeah, I know what lit means. I just skipped it. Sometimes I do that when I'm reading. I can barely see the text. See these thick glasses I'm wearing? Still ain't enough. We have genealog genealogical scripts. Religious. Gotcha. I'm a member of the other kind of temple. Not the religious one, for some reason. <clears throat> A man shall not take his father's wife, nor discover his father's skirt. What does that mean? There it is, people who ask. I made a statement from Genesis where Ham saw his father's nakedness and then was cursed because of his apparent uh, perviness. And I've made the statement before that that statement, father's nakedness, is a Hebrewism, meaning to have sex with his wife. And I've been called all kinds of names about it. And people have gotten on to me for saying that I was reading into the words. No, I'm not. I have a little bit of an education, and I'm telling you that's what it means. And here's evidence of it. What is his father's skirt? What's under his father's skirt? His nakedness. What does that mean? It means to sleep with his father's wife. There it is. He that is wounded in the stones, the nuts, or hath his privy member cut off, shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Why? Because you're not whole. Same thing if you had your hand cut off. 
in the tabernacle, you must be perfect to go in. Simple as that. There's no other explanation needed. But I will go further if you need me to. A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. What is that? It's a son without a father. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation. That means ten grandchildren down the line can't go into the church because they've got the wrong father or no father. Uh, married out of wedlock kind of thing. I am a seeker of truths and knowledge. So am I. My name means that. I seek wisdom by the Father, through the Father, for the Father. Amen, brother. You keep doing that. You'll be good. They took it over, but it's in memory of the sons of Yaakov. The Danites. Okay. Interesting. Well, they had to go somewhere. You know what I mean? That's something a lot of people don't consider when reading the Bible is where all these people are now. Or their families or their bloodlines. Because they're still here. For the most part. How do you know, Jake? Well, because I can read. And genealogy suggests it. That book that you read in the Bible that you always fall asleep during, you know, the one that says begat of the begat of the begat of the begat, that boring, hard-to-follow schlog of a read, tells you all about where everybody's at and who they came from. The Blarney Stone, hint, hint. <laughs> You're not hinting anything, I know full well about the Blarney Stone. An Amorite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Why? Even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Why? I've told you before. Because they're not human. That's why. They don't belong here. They never were intended for this place. This place is not designed for their kind. What are you saying, Jake? Could they be aliens? Well, if you call an angel alien, yes. Because they are offspring of the fallen angel that fell in Mount Hermon years before they were a thing. And now they're a thing, and they're not supposed to be a thing. This place is for people. Human beings, homo sapiens. Homo sapiens sapiens, according to science. I think they're shy a few sapiens if you get my drift. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt. And because they hired against the Balaam, the son of Beor, of Pithor, of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. That's the Moabites. And the Moabites saw Israel coming and they were like, oh boy, we need a mercenary. So go get the meanest some bitch you can find and hire him and bring him to me. There's a king of uh, Moab. And so they brought Balaam. And Balaam said, sure, I'll do it for the right money. So they paid him or whatever. And he went out and he met with the guy 
and he came back and he said, yeah, I can't, I can't fight these people. <laughs> Why? I hired you to fight them. Yeah, yeah, but I can't. Why? Because their God told me not to touch them. And I, I heard him. Well, I'll double your money. No. Triple it. Mm -mm. I'll kill you. Go ahead. I just talked to God. Do what you got to do. So that was that story in a nutshell. But the sons of Anak is another one, another group of people mentioned in the Bible. We read about it a couple weeks ago. The sons of Anak, or where we get the word Anunnaki from you know, Mesopotamia, from the Sumerian side of things. Anunnaki, transliterated, means from heaven to earth came. Those who from heaven to earth came. So that'll tell you who they are. You want to know what a Nephilim is? Look at Anak and his sons. Look at the Ammonites or Amorites. Look at the Moabites or the Jebusites or the on and on and on. They're all listed. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God would not hearken unto Balaam. God would not let Balaam destroy the Israelites. But the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee because the Lord thy God loved thee, period. Thou shalt not abhor Edomite. And Edomite. Edomite is from Edom, another word for Esau. Esau is the red-headed bushy feller that lived out in the woods and liked to hunt. He's a redneck, you know. He, he drank Bud Light before all the controversy and uh, watched NASCAR and went hunting all the time. And so he in, eventually, you know, made a city, and it's called Edom. So that's who that is. And you should not abhor him, for he is thy brother. He is part of your family. He is Jacob's brother. Jacob is the patriarch of this bloodline. So you don't hate an Edomite. That's redheaded people, by the way. They do have a soul. Raphia means of the dead. Nephilim means the fallen from the word Napha. Rapha is of the dead. Napha is of the fallen. Yes. Azazel is an angel's name. Read the book of Enoch for that. And Anakim is the father of the Anak group. Anakim is plural, by the way. So that would be his brothers, him and his brothers. Anak was his name. You got to watch this Hebrew stuff, man. It gets kind of trippy. Anything with the word U-M on the end of it, like cherubim or, you know, raphium, something like that, is uh, plural. means more than one. <clears throat> For he is thy brother, thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou wast a stranger in his land. Don't hate the Egyptians, because you were once slaves in their land. You once were in the vicinity of Egypt, and they, they took you in, and you ended up being slaves, but they did provide you a place to live to start with. They made you slaves later, but when you first got to Egypt, they brought you in as strangers. That is true. It's a little weird, but it is true. 
The children that are begotten of them shall enter into the congregation of the Lord in their third generation. Now, this is all before God makes the revelation that he will not set the son's teeth on edge for the grapes that the father ate, meaning I won't punish somebody that's not guilty because they didn't do it. Punish the guy who's guilty. This is before that. So this is when generational curses existed, and this is what this is saying. But the third generation, that curse is lifted from Egyptians because two generations, they're still related to the people who made Israel slaves. But the third generation are innocent. When the host goeth forth against thine enemies, then keep thee from every wicked thing. When you see that your people are out fighting a war, you stay pure because you need all the help you can get from God to win these battles, and he don't like to be around filthiness and sins. So you have to stay pure even if you're not the one out there fighting, but your people are. When the host goes out to war, you stay pure. Simple as that. It's kind of like being superstitious and not washing your socks when the Braves are playing or whatever. If there be among you any man that is not clean by reason of uncleanness that chanceth him by night, then shall he go abroad out of the camp. He shall not come within the camp. What does that mean? Leprosy. If he has leprosy or some other disease. But it shall be, when evening cometh, he shall wash himself with water. And when the sun is down, he shall come into the camp again. Okay, I was incorrect. We're not talking about leprosy. We're talking about touching dead things again. Same thing. They call both things unclean. That's why I got confused. But you don't get over leprosy overnight. So what this is talking about is if he has touched a dead thing. I stand corrected. Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, whether thou shalt go forth abroad, and thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be, when thou wilt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. Does anybody have any question about what we're discussing now? We're talking about taking a crap in the woods. It says that you should cover it up with dirt in a hole that you dug. Do it in a hole and cover it up. Why? Because it's considered unclean, and that uh, contact with it will make you unclean. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and you don't want him stepping in your crap. That's what, it, that's what it's saying. And to give up thine enemies before thee, Bef therefore shall thy camp be holy. So when you take a crap, you do it outside of the camp and you cover it up in a hole with dirt. It's pretty simple stuff. Anybody knows that. You don't crap where you eat or where God walks because if he steps in it, man, you're in trouble. That's all I can say. That he sees no unclean thing in thee and turn away from thee. Why would he turn away from you? Because God doesn't like to be around unclean things. That's why you have to be perfect to go into the tabernacle. You can't have something wrong with you if you go in there. It tarnishes the place. You have to be perfect. You have to be clean. You have to be righteous. 
to enter into the congregation. Or when God comes into your city, which is this is what we're talking about, their camp, uh, they don't have a right to make those kinds of mistakes because they see God. They know what he wants. He's told them directly. So they don't get to make those kind of mistakes. You do because you have never seen God. If he ate pork, that's not a thing, buddy. Not since the flood. Sorry. It is true that the Israelites have a kosher thing where they have to eat certain things and not eat certain things. But it's not a sin. It's a peculiarity. Right. God made these people peculiar. They have to go by certain rules that everybody else don't have to. And that may be so about uh, eating pork, swine uh, or shellfish or anything of that nature. But ever since the flood, all things are made good to eat because food is scarce and you got to eat. Simple as that. But, yeah, they do eat kosher, but it's a peculiarity. It's not a sin. See what I'm saying? Sin is one of the Ten Commandments. If you break that, you've sinned. If it's not there, it's not a sin. Not to God. Not to your salvation. It might be a sin to your flesh. It might cause you to have a heart attack. You know, or it might cause somebody to look at you and go, ew. But it's not a sin unto your soul, you know. It's not a salvation issue. That's what I'm saying. Hey, Margie, come on in. Take your shoes off. Set a spell. Don't leave a mess. That's right. Good to see you. Stick around. We got a small crowd tonight. And I'm almost done anyway. <clears throat> but it shall be when the evening cometh, he shall wash himself with water. And when the sun goes down, he shall come into the camp again. Thou shalt have a place also. I read that, didn't I? I did. Sorry, my bad. I'm all over the place tonight. I don't even know what I'm doing. I think I had a stroke earlier. Not really. Thou shalt not deliver unto his master the servant which is escaped from his master unto thee. He shall dwell with thee, even among you, in that place which he shall choose in one of thy gates. Where it liketh him best, thou shalt not oppress him. So if a, if a slave escapes and you catch him, then you put him up until he can move on, and you don't oppress him. Why? Because you were once a stranger. You were once a slave, and you know what that feels like. So don't do it. Show me Sasquatch. Come on in. Welcome to the show, buddy. God talks about that a lot. Remember, you were once a stranger yourself. You were once a slave yourself. You were once in bondage yourself. So remember what that felt like, and don't treat other people that way. That's God supporting slavery, right? It's not. Just because he gave provisions as to how it should be done does not mean he recommended it. He's just telling people how they should be. Hey, show me, Sasquatch. Good to see you. Thanks for dropping by. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. What does that mean? Well, if you are of Israel, if you're one of the 12 tribes, you are not allowed to be a whore or gay. 
That's what sodomy is, by the way. You can't be that because you're of the 12 tribes. You're chosen by God. And if you choose to be that, as we spoke earlier, it's evil. Why is it evil? Because you know it's wrong, yet you desire to do it anyway. That's why we're here tonight, to discuss that topic. When you know something is wrong and you choose to do it anyway, you are practicing a practitioner of evil. And the only way to remove evil is to kill it from among you. Think about that. Sodomy is an abomination. What is an abomination? That's another one of those big words. It's simple. Anything that God hates is an abomination. He hates it. He's using the word hate here, a strong word about something abominable. Even snowmen. God hates snowmen. Just so you know. No, don't misunderstand, uh, Patrick. It is not unforgivable. There is only one sin that is unforgivable, and you're probably not going to commit it. You don't have to worry about that. The unpardonable sin is to refuse the Holy Spirit to speak through you when the time comes for him to speak through you. That's it. That's the only sin that you can't be forgiven for. Everything else is forgivable, including sodomy. However, if you do it while being one of the 12 members of God's chosen people, 12 tribes, you're probably going to get punished for it because he don't want you doing it. Sin and abominations are separate. That's, that's correct. Some sins are abominable. Some are not. God don't hate people. He does, he does not respect people over people, meaning he doesn't have favorites. They're all the same to him. Not that he hates them. It's just that he views all mankind as kind of the same thing. He doesn't like one over the other. However, he did think David was built after his own heart. So there's that. You could call that favoritism, but I don't think so because David got a lot of grief for being David. So it's not like nepotism or anything. Deny the son, deny the father. You can do that all you want. Atheists have been doing that for generations. You're, are you suggesting that I can't save an atheist? Look, God doesn't exist. Whoa! I'm still going to heaven because I know he does. You see what I'm saying? If you were delivered up, I'll give you an example. Say that we live in this country to a point where they start persecuting Christians to the point where they're arrested for being a Christian. Doesn't sound very far-fetched, does it, considering the last two years? Uh, it's coming. Write it down that I said so. But consider you were that guy. You got arrested for being a Christian, and they brought you before the judge, the judge, and the judge asks you, are you a Christian? And you say, yes, sir, I am. At that moment, when you were delivered up to the synagogue of Satan, you are to take no thought as to what you're going to say in that moment. or what. You, don't try to plan your way out of it. Don't try to figure out what to do to talk him out of putting you in jail. The Holy Spirit will speak through you in that moment. He will come through your mouth and say what needs to be said. You can, however, because you have free will, choke it back and refuse it to happen. Don't do that. There's not a Christian worth their salt that would do that, I think. I think when you feel the Holy Spirit, you let her fly. 
That's what that means, to refuse the Holy Spirit. To deny him entry into you is unforgivable. Everything else is forgivable. I will die before I deny. 19 months, never got to speak to a judge. I hear you. You can be easily, easily what? No, refusing to say that God exists is not a sin. It's kind of stupid because the fool saith there's no God. That's what the Bible says. The fool saith in his heart that there is no God. If you truly think there's no God, you're not paying attention. Look around. Marvel for a minute. Take yourself, take your head, which is firmly seated up your ass, and pull it out for just a second and look around if you think there's no God. Just pay attention. Just watch a child be born. Look at a tree. Really look at it. Look out into outer space. Look at the majesty of the creation you live in. Because all of it screams the Creator's name. All of it. And if you can't see it, you really aren't paying attention. You really have not reached an age of wisdom. That being said, to suggest that there's no God is dumb, but it's not going to hurt you. Because you have free will. You can make that choice. I wouldn't. Not seriously. I don't even like joking about it. I did that for illustration purposes, but I don't even like to joke like that. Because there is a God. Make no mistake about it. You will pay for what you've done on this earth, good and bad. Make no mistake. It's coming. But... We do live in a fallen world, and it's very hard to navigate without getting some of it on you. So I think God understands that. I think we have an intelligent God. I think he knows what you're faced with in this world. And I think that you'd be shocked to know how much mercy he has for people in your position. I think it would shock you if you knew how much he would overlook. Which is why I keep hammering these Old Testament stories, because it pretty much illustrates it. Amen, says Margie. Thank you, dear. Thanks for the backup. I need it. <clears throat> no one is worthy. Correct. No one is worthy. You are like filthy rags compared to God. Like worms compared to God. You don't deserve to be in his presence. You don't deserve to be in his shadow. But he loves you, and that's why you can be. That's a beautiful thing. That's where we're going to stop for today. I'm getting way sidetracked. We will pick up tomorrow. We'll, let's go back up here to 2312. That's what, that's what we'll do. 2312 is where we'll pick up tomorrow night. I'll try to be more serious tomorrow because there'll be more people here. And I do apologize for their lack of emotional bondage. Won't you do me a favor before we continue? I will answer all your questions and comments, but take a moment. 
and hit that subscribe button and press the bell icon so you get notifications of when I'm going to be online. Smash that like button. It's right in front of you. It's free. It's effortless. It takes no trouble at all, and it really does help the channel with the algorithms, and it helps us get recommended to other people. Won't you do that, please? Take a moment. Go over to rumble.com slash untetheredlive and hit the follow button over there. Help me build a crowd and break the back of censorship on YouTube. Share this video with people you love. Better yet, share it with people you don't love. Bring them into the family. Make them part of the fold. Be part of their solutions, not part of their problems. Leave comments down below. Let me know what you're thinking about. Question me, curse me, bless me, challenge me, confront me, conform with me, drink my Kool-Aid, make your own Kool-Aid. As long as you're thinking critical, that's what I want. Critical thought coming from that brain of yours. And hey, if you love the Word of God and you can see the value in what I'm trying to build here, or if you feel led to send your tithes, offerings, and love offerings to the place where you're taught, you can do that. You can support my work by going to paypal.me slash jakejohnsonband. Or if you're a Cash App user, you can go to dollar sign jakejohnsonband. Every little bit helps. It's a win-win. It's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to you, too, because God notices these things. Now, I will round out this video and take all of your questions and comments. Where are you going, Margie? I didn't leave when you got here. Now that I'm not reading anymore, you're going to run so I can't talk to you? Stick around. I'm doing the Lord's work here. I'm on a mission from God. I appreciate you too, Show Me Sasquatch. Thank you, buddy. HMU Sasquatch. When you have a panel... Asks Patrick whether you believe in him or not. The end, everybody talks to God. Amen. Yeah, your belief in him is irrespective of the fact that he exists. You don't have to believe in him. He's there one way or another. Tonight, 11 p.m. Central. Central. Hmm. What are you talking about, Show Me Sasquatch? In three hours. I may be up, says Patrick. I may be, too. I may drop by and check you out. What are you paneling on? I've tried the panel thing before, but people just don't respect me enough, I guess. They porn bombed me almost immediately. So I said, well, wait for a while before I do that again. Here I am trying to give people a voice, and they're porn bombing me. Okay, I can take it back just as quickly as I gave it. I brought you into this space. I can take you out of it. <laughs> Nothing? Nobody? I hope you guys had a good time tonight. I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being able to talk to you guys and hang out. Gross. Seems a lot of those, unfortunately. I know. I know. That's We live in a fallen world. You got to be able to, you got to be strong enough and willing enough to see it because it's right in front of you and it's everywhere. Unfortunately. But if that wasn't the case, then the world wouldn't need people like me to do what I'm doing. But they do. Which is why I'm doing it. And I hope it helps. I don't even know if it helps. 
I don't even know if I'm making a dent, but I'm trying. You know, I was raised to believe that if you can't fight, you can carry bullets or make sandwiches or be moral support or something, but just be part of the fight. So that's what I'm doing. Nothing in general. Hmm. Well, if I'm not asleep, I'll drop by and see you. Keep up his works, and he will guide you. I believe that. Thank you. And I'm trying. Just as long as people like you keep coming back, I'll keep doing it. So this is incumbent upon you as much as it is me. If you stop showing up, I ain't got a reason to be here. So God hates sin but loves the sinner. Amen, brother. Yes, he does. And that's something a lot of people have trouble with. They can't separate the two. I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm gay. Does that mean I can't go to church? No, that's not what that means. It means stop being gay. But if you can't, then repent and keep trying. What you're doing is wrong. There's no way to look at it otherwise. It's wrong. That doesn't mean that I'm your judge. That doesn't mean that I'm going to judge you because I'm not. That's between you and God. But you should never stop trying to right yourself, ever. That's part of growing up. It's part of being a human being is trying to better your position in life. So do that and you'll be okay. But absolutely go to church. Fellowship is a must. I believe that. You can bring your guitar and sing if you want to. Thank you. Show me. I appreciate that. I might just do that. I might not because i got to get up early in the morning and go to work. But if I'm awake, I will drop by and see you. I've still got three hours to go. i got to edit and get a nap of some kind. <coughs> Lead by example. I'm trying to. <clears throat> Says the guy who smokes like a freight train. Takes Tums. I am trying to. My example is be wiser than the serpent. Educate yourself. We live in a fallen world. We are all sinners. I'm no exception. But I do know that there's a brighter future, and I'm trying to get there. That's all, you, that's all is required of you. Yeah, I know. It's one of my bad habits. But at least I'm honest about it. Would you prefer I pretended like I didn't for your edification? That would make me a hypocrite, wouldn't it? Think about how many people do that. Pretend like they're not sinners so that you see them as pious. That's what the suit's all about in the Rolex. Oh, man, New Jerusalem. You forgot the H. It's Yerushalam, meaning God's place of peace. What do you call a man with no shins? Tony? <laughs> I don't get it. Tony Hawk? Is that what you're saying? Hello. 
So you're here, huh? Good. I'm sorry you can't chat. I wish you could. In case you didn't hear that, I'll text it to you. Good night. If up, I'll check in, Sasquatch, says Patrick. Good night, Patrick. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sticking with me on this slow night, this slow Sunday evening. I love you guys. I'm going to get out of here and go to bed myself. I might get up in an hour or so, though, if I get me a little nap and try to make it to your show. Show me. I appreciate you inviting me. I hope that uh, each and every one of you find your way. I hope that something I've done is encouraged you to dig deeper into the Word of God. Look for yourself. Don't take my word for it. If you think I'm wrong about something, go in there and find it. Prove me wrong. I'll, I'll listen. If I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. But if I'm not, you're going to have to fight me for it because I believe what I believe, you know. But I think I think you want it that way. I, I wouldn't want to listen to somebody that wasn't sure about what they believed. Would you? I also wouldn't want to take advice from a pencil neck nerd who looks like he's never been in the sunlight and has never been with a woman before to tell me what's right and wrong about the world. I want a haggard, old, grizzled-up man that looks like he's been road hard and put up wet and lived on the road for most of his life to tell me that he knows something's wrong when he does it. Because that guy, I believe, he knows what punishment is. You see what I'm saying? Which Who do you want to listen to? Anyway, I got to run. I'm being texted to death here, and uh, I got to go to sleep. So I love you guys. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. I'll see you tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, right here on Untethered Live. Thanks for watching. Uh -huh.